Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Jenna Morton. And on this episode, we are lifting the curtain a little bit, turning things inward, talking about ourselves a little bit, but more so talking about the art of podcasting because Tosh has been working on a little project. Yes, I am finally, through my company, The Podcast Hub, gonna be launching a podcast school, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't everyone want to go back to school? <laughs> well, I promise not to make you sit in desks and use a chalkboard or anything like that. Probably because I could never like, find a chalkboard these days. Say, but yeah, chalkboards, you're just dating yourself now. <laughs> That's true. But this, this school is very much for people who do not have the time or the desire to go back physically to school. This is an online program that you're launching. It is. And my intent is for people to use it as they go. So if they want to one day just start off with learning about how to create a name for your podcast, then you can watch that, you know, five, 10 minutes of the video, pause, think about creating your name before you move on to the next steps, your logo, your podcast format, things like that. So I'm hoping that it'll be a slow, easy process for individuals or even businesses. Hmm. So talk a little bit about some of the people, not necessarily, you don't have to drop names, <laughs> but you've helped quite a few individuals and businesses with their podcasts now, which is kind of where this is coming from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, a lot of businesses who have asked me to help them, whether it be with the sound quality of the space that they are working in, which you and I have had our experiences with many times. If you've been with us from the beginning, you know how different the sound is now from where it started and where it was at in the middle. Yeah. And yes, we can, <laughs> there are a lot of things you can do to improve your sound without investing really any money. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. you can record in your closet. It's it, like- and One it, of the best spots. It will be one of the best sounds that you have. Jenna's got mm -hmm. in, I'm gonna, Jenna's Go studio <laughs> is uh, like an alcove in her bedroom. It works out perfectly. It does. It's almost like it was designed <laughs> with me in mind and all the stuff that I would have ended up doing online because it is, it's, which is the same idea of doing it in your closet, right? You need that kind of small enclosed space if you're not going to get into all of the big expensive equipment. If you have a small space that you can mute the sound a little bit, so like your clothing in your closet actually works to your advantage when you're doing that. Um, because yeah, if your room is empty and echoey, it might be lovely for sitting in, but if you're going to try to record something, like if you go back and listen to the episode we, we recorded once at Tosh's kitchen table. <laughs> More than once. But yeah, <laughs> not the best sound quality. Not the best sound quality. Uh, and that also comes down to the mics that we were using back in mm -hmm. the day as well, yeah. which is another part of the show. So uh, with the steps that I bring you through, it's gonna take you through all of those first things before you even consider buying equipment or setting up your equipment and then essentially bringing you to uh, editing phase and then launch phase through your podcast host. So there's a whole lot of steps um, but I'm going to do my best to make it as easy as possible for you or for the business you're working for. Because while it is a complex process to you know, create a podcast, to have you know, continuous content, the actual process can be fairly simplified mm -hmm. and very, very accessible for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the things um, that you hear the most is how much is it going to cost me? to start this podcast. And sometimes it's as easy as just picking up a half decent USB mic. Yeah, which is gonna put you under $200. Yeah, 
especially if you're looking on Marketplace. Uh, that's where Jenna got her home mic, one of my first uh, couple of USB mics. It was that easy. I picked one up and then if you've got a walk-in closet or I have had uh, clients that have even built themselves forts and uh, like a blanket over top of them and their microphone and it still gives you pretty half decent quality as well. Now, is that a long-term goal? Probably not. It's, you know, being hunched over your mic uh, and talking to it isn't exactly a long-term goal, especially if you're planning to keep your podcast running all the time. Uh, but if it's short-term, it can work in a pinch. I've recorded in my mom's laundry room before when I go visit in Ontario and I bring my equipment. I, I am in a laundry room, so long as nobody starts the dryer or the washer, I'm good to go. <laughs> but generally what you're taking away from this is small spaces work well. Mm -hmm. If you have to create the small space, consider doing it just with things you have around the home before you invest in, you know, the soundproofing stuff yeah. to the walls and a whole space that's just for your podcast. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that intense until you've decided that this really is the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. Then you might want to invest a little bit more because it does. It improves not just the quality of the sound, but your quality while you're doing it. As soon as you said like hunched over, I'm just like, no, no, no you need to open up <laughs> yeah. stand actually that would be my biggest tip mm -hmm. to people getting started is if you can stand to record your voice do that mm -hmm. because unless you've been doing this for a long time and are very used to it chances are you're going to enunciate and you're going to sound better if you stand up to record yourself so very true so that's a that is a, a great tip that's actually how i do my radio show every day is standing uh and i find that, I don't know, you kind of have more confidence when you're standing as well too, right? Which makes a big difference when you're putting something like this out into the world. Another thing that you could try and do is if you don't want to purchase anything, you could book a couple of sessions in a couple of recording studios. Um, there are a couple of options around the greater Moncton area that you could look into where you could go and rent their space for a minimal amount of money. You can bring your own equipment and record into your own laptop or Mac or whatever it may be, or you can use their equipment and they, uh, that's what I do with a lot of clients is they use my equipment and then I email them back a produced project and then they decide after a while, okay, maybe I want to do this on my own. So maybe I'll pick up my own equipment slowly but surely and start placing the things together. I, speaking of space while we're on it, even though you have a small space, don't just immediately assume that a small space is going to sound good because it's a small space. If you have high ceilings, um, if I had someone bring me in the other day that had a nice small spot, they turned it into this beautiful studio but couldn't understand why they were getting the sound quality they were getting and it was echoing. So in an old house, super high ceilings, and then on top of it, inside the room, there was a bit of an alcove like this that jutted off the room, catching the sound right there in that space. So for a simple fix, I told them to buy a curtain rod and a heavy curtain and close off that space when they're recording. Um, and hopefully that did the trick for them, but the curtain will also work as buffering as well. Another cheap way, if you don't wanna buy the foam like it's on the wall behind us, is to uh, talk to a moving company that might be getting rid of old moving blankets. They do a really great job as well. Yeah, they are fantastic mm -hmm. for muffling sound from coming at you. And yeah, if you have a place where, you know, you're, it's just going to be where you record, you can throw those up in the wall and not worry too much about yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I have in my studio. I've, I mean, my studio may be a little bit of overkill. Obviously, it's what I do for a living, uh, but I do. I have the, the soundproof drywall. 
I have moving blankets, and then I've also got the foam on the walls as well. So uh, again, overkill, but for me, it's necessary for someone that is starting an at-home podcast, probably not, doesn't need to be that extreme. So for someone who's kind of thinking about that idea, like, yeah, okay, I, I really want to talk about this. I want, I really want to podcast. Mm -hmm. From the content side of it, what are some of the tips that you have for people? Make it important, make it valuable, make it worth somebody's time. Just because you think it's worth talking about doesn't always mean that it's worth talking about for everybody. You will always find your niche. There will be listeners if they can find you, which is a major part when it comes to the naming of your podcast as well. So when you're, you're coming up with your concept for your podcast, there's so many things to factor into that. Your name, your logo, and then yeah, what kind of podcast format do you want? Do you want a co-host style? Do you, I would consider us like a co-host, almost news, current affairs. Current affairs. Yeah, kind of podcast. Um, you could also, of course, do um, a scripted fiction, scripted nonfiction. As long as you have a story to tell, you've got a podcast, which is sometimes very easy. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> what are some of the big challenges that you've come across in terms of the clients that you've worked with? Hmm, keeping it going. Keeping it going, it does take a lot. We record every Wednesday morning. We have a set time. Do that. That's an absolute must. I, if we were just willy-nilly going on when you and I would have free time to record, we would never do it. We'd never do it. So we have set a specific time when we get together. This is when we're doing the podcast each and every week. And also set your limits. You don't have to go full tilt. You don't have to do, you know, 52 podcasts every year. You, Jenna and I are strict on, we go on school schedule. So when the kids are in school, we're recording. When they're out of school, we're not recording. Do that, give yourself some balance. Uh, some other things that people run into is the get rich quick. Oh my goodness. Why am I not making money yet? Why am I not? It's hard. <laughs> There's actually a very small percentage of podcasts that make money specifically on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the tricky thing for some people yeah. to, to make sense of is that if you have a business or you have a product or you have something else that you're trying to get a message out about, then your goal with the podcast and your return should be measured, measured differently, right? You're not, you're not out there just to get advertisers on your podcast you're trying to reach a new audience or to give something different to your existing audience. But if you do have that desire to make money from the podcast itself because you want to be so popular that people want to advertise on your podcast, that's a much, much more difficult way to get any financial gain from a podcast. That it's a, like, I don't know what the actual number is, but a few percentage yeah, it would of be, podcasts. I'd say it'd be that. under double digits. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's less than 5% of podcasts in the market right now probably get any significant money from that. Pretty much anyone now can get into a program through your podcast um, platform that you choose to have generic ads mm -hmm. run with your podcast. You have to have so many downloads and listen to so many of those really annoying advertisements to get 
pennies, yes. really. Yeah. Same as pop-up ads on websites. It's the same thing. You need to have a massive amount of people coming to your website who will put up with all that shenanigans to actually make any money on it that would cover anything worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, having ads in your show, which you make a good point, is the annoyance of it as well. And the people that are getting all these ads right away on their podcasts, think about who they are. They were already famous. So people are like, oh, I, I want to be Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was famous before he started podcasting. Let's not forget, okay? Uh, Smartlist with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett. I actually stopped listening to their show because they would have two 10 or 15 minute sets of commercials inside that an hour many. show. Oh, it was wow. yeah, ridiculous. I haven't to that one in a while. Yeah, it was, I, had to, I just couldn't do it anymore. Now, uh, they're making a ton of money. Absolutely, they're making a ton of money that they didn't need. But <laughs> they might need it. I have, we they know go, nothing of their finances. True. This is true. Maybe they However, do need it. Their names alone yeah. are what's helping them make the money. Yeah. If you already have a name that might make you money, then yeah. I bet you can make money at a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Um, but I think like that shouldn't be what you want a podcast for. You shouldn't be wanting to podcast because I want to get rich quick or I want to make some money or I want to get famous doing podcasts. That, right now, anyway, this is not the way things are going, especially here on the East Coast of Canada. We, we all know that the East Coast is always a little bit behind in the time. So we've been doing the show for- Trends come later. Yeah, <laughs> trends come later. We've been doing the show for five years. And uh, first of all, I don't think we're famous and we have a TV show podcast. <laughs> Depends on your definition of famous. Do, do you stop me on the street sometimes? Yes, you do. And I appreciate it every time. Every time. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's Moncton famous. That's New Brunswick famous. That's not, it's still a very niche market. There, there's only ever going to be so many people who live here who want to hear us talk about what's happening here. Yeah, it's true. And at the same time, you still don't see advertising on our show. So <laughs> that's just, it's just something to point out. And I find that maritime businesses aren't quite understanding the, or wanting to jump on the, why should I advertise on a podcast? kind of idea. They're, they're still doing newspaper advertising. They're still doing radio advertising, which don't get me wrong, please keep advertising on the radio. <laughs> I'd like to keep that job too. Uh, but, but we're getting there slowly but surely. They're just getting on board with the internet advertising, I find, website pop-ups. No, no, no disrespect to anybody, I'm just saying. That's no, there's, you can, but anyone who's spent any time on the internet has seen that happen over the past I would say really the past two to three years, I've noticed that huge uptake finally of local businesses understanding or at least paying someone who understands how to do those pop-up ads properly mm -hmm. so that local information is popping up for people locally. I'm sure, if, like I said, if you spend any time, your ads that pop up at the bottom of things have gone from very generic things to very local. Like I get ads all the time trying to convince me to go hang out in Nova Scotia. <laughs> I'm like, yep, someone's doing their job right. Yes. <laughs> I'm not making a trip any sooner than I was going to, but I'm glad you're finally doing digital advertising. <laughs> Congratulations from us to you. <laughs> it's true, though. It's nice to see, uh, especially because you and I are such big maritime supporters, it's really nice to see uh, getting on the bandwagon. So getting on the bandwagon with podcasting or podcast advertising, we really do think that it will help Oh, businesses. and it definitely has. You mm -hmm. know, you certainly see that 
return for anyone who's been a guest on our podcast or who has in the past. You know, we have done a few local advertising mm -hmm. oh, spots yeah. on the podcast because we make a conscious effort to do local ones rather than to do any of those generic pop-up types because we know it's it's not worth the return investment. Yeah, if we could make a couple cents, is that worth you going, oh, they've started doing ads and I need yes. to skip now? Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's not worth it. But anyone who's come on this program will tell you that elevates their standing in the community and gets their message out more. And so that's another thing too, I would say, if you, know, if you go through the podcast school and you're like, hmm, I don't think I have you know, the consistency in me, I don't have the extra time to put to doing an entire podcast, well then talk with Tosh and I about all the ways that you can get onto other people's podcasts yes. and the power in doing that because maybe that is going to be a better return on your investment. And there's still a whole school that could be done in terms of how to be a good guest yes. on a podcast. Not just how to get yourself on one, but to be a really good guest actually takes a little bit of work on your part too. Uh, and we're going to take a second to side that off because there, there also takes a lot of work to be a really good interviewer. And that is, uh, Jenna and I are both trained in that, Jenna far more than I am because I've been out of it for a long time. Uh, but um, that's probably a side piece that you've got my brain spinning. We could totally do a school on being a guest and being an interviewer, even if it's just one, anywho. Uh, <laughs> Sidetrack, come it's back a, to us on that. Yes, um, it's not something that comes naturally to everyone and even the people that it comes naturally to, there are always things you can do to improve it. So Jenna does uh, a lot of interviewing for the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation, for um, the Canadian neonatal nurses, is yeah. that where you were going? Okay. Yes. Um, so if you had to give three tips on interviewing, what would they be? Put you on the spot right now. One of the most important parts would be to do your research ahead of time, um, especially if it's something that you're not used to doing. You want to not only know who you're going to speak with, but if you have the opportunity to do what we call a pre-interview. So if you can find even five minutes ahead of when you're going to actually do the interview to speak with the person, get a sense of what they sound like, what your rapport is going to be like, and if you can get a little bit of information out of them, you may find that like, oh, I didn't realize this little bit about your story, then you know to ask about it rather than find out when you finish recording and the mics are off and they start talking about something. You're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. It's because you didn't do a pre-interview. You didn't do the research. Um, other tips for interviewing, don't be afraid to just sit in silence and listen, especially when it's a podcast. And if you're doing it just for audio, you can cut out the silence. So you let that silence stretch longer than is comfortable. The other person's gonna talk again. <laughs> it's one of the best things. Just sit. But also from that point of being respectful, you know, there are a lot of people out there who think they're a great interviewer. They talk over their guest, they interrupt, they turn it back on themselves. Oh, that reminds me of this time when blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you and I will do that when we're talking to each other, but it's not when we're doing a proper interview. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be, yeah, like, listen back to yourself. And maybe if it's not something you've been doing a lot or you're not sure what your downfalls are in doing it, 
interview a couple friends, interview your family members, do a couple of practice runs before you get to the people that you actually want to have on your podcast and the episodes that are really going to be important to you in terms of the content. Do the work, do the practicing. There are a couple of things that I want to point out about how Jenna interviews too, as I've produced a lot of podcasts that, that you do the interviewing and on. Pretty much every podcast every I've ever yeah. done, <laughs> Tosh has produced. But one thing you do, and I love it, is you think before you ask the next question. So many people when interviewing will just, like as soon as someone stops talking, like you said, like it's okay to have awkward silence, they will immediately or they're so eager to start, that they're not to be a gap, that they'll start talking before the person's done. But you will stop and you, th like, you think about what your next question's going to be before you spit something stupid out of your mouth, right? You, it, but it's true though, because then sometimes you'll end up stumbling over yourself or you'll ask something that maybe is not relevant to the moment. Um, so that's something that I love that you do, is you, you take that pause and you think about what you're going to say and, and it, it's a super easy chop out of your editing and oh, no yeah, one in ever the knows. Process. It's super, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to take out silence in the editing yeah. process. It's probably the <laughs> easiest thing to do in editing, which is really nice. And yeah, like you said, there's, uh, whatever you have to say is never more important than what your guest has to say. Never. No, well, if you think it is, you should be doing a podcast that's just you yes. speaking. Because maybe, it, maybe you have fantastic thoughts that need to be True. shared. Mm -hmm but you don't need to do that to a guest. Then you just need to have your own platform that, that yeah. you're sharing on. Um, and I would say too, like on that point of silence and thinking and, and interviewing, don't forget to actually listen yes. to what your guest is saying because sometimes you can get so caught up in that, okay, I need to have my next question ready and I need to be prepared or you're thinking about the lights or is the sound quality okay? If you stop listening then your next question could sound very abrupt and out of line with something that they've just said. Mm -hmm. So so take that time to actively listen to what's being said as well. Or you could be asking a question that they just answered in their answer. You know, like it, so it could involve a lot more editing on your end when you're listening back and then you're like, oh my God, what did I just do, right? Uh, something else that I, I was gonna say, make sure if you're co-hosting with someone that it's someone that you know well enough to know their cues. But we didn't know each other at all, <laughs> like barely at all, when no, we started we working together. Other. No, but I think we both had an idea of each other's skill sets and background. Mm -hmm. And we also started just with ourselves before we started bringing guests into the mix, which yeah. I think was an important part of the process yeah. as well. I just think when we're interviewing um, guests, we have a really good, like I feel like we play off each other really well. If you watch <laughs> the video version of the podcast, you'll see we're very much in sync and that we nod Do we? at the same time, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Charles, our producer, probably does a lot of laughing oh. in the background. And speaking of Charles, yes. he's already given us the time up. So. Yes. We got uh, <laughs> not even through page one of what my school will be, but like I said, um, end of the month is my goal. So end of October to have that uh, out and ready for the world. And you can check out my website too, if I'm gonna say shamelessly mm -hmm. self-plug, podcasthub.ca. Thank you Tosh for sharing and everyone for listening and watching. And we will be back again next week. Thanks.